Good morning, everyone, from from Rwanda, Kigali. Uh, together with my wife, we are living in, in in Rwanda, but not necessarily in Kigali. We actually live in Ruzizi, which is 240 kilometers from here. Uh, the road itself is a, it's a Chapman's Peak adventure. It takes six hours to travel between Kigali and Ruzizi, but Ruzizi is right next to the Lake Kivu on the border of Congo and Rwanda. So it's a very beautiful place and uh, best kept secret. However, <laughs> now you also know about it. Anyway, so the purpose why we're here is we, we, are, we are starting a commercial tilapia fish farm. We've already been here two years and, and only now we are starting to do the, 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 the final steps for the implementation of the, the startup. But God's been good to us and uh, we have really learned a lot while we were here. And um, just a little bit about our relationship with One Hope. We were actually in Stellenbosch up to 2018 and then we, we relocated to, to Rwanda. At that stage it was new, new gen, but uh, been in connection with One Hope ever since and kept going on some of the relationships. And it's so nice to have a spiritual family back home that we can uh, relate to and that can relate to us. So we really treasure, we treasure your connection and we treasure, treasure for your, your relationship with us. So over the last two weeks, I have, uh, I've really been praying and, and seeking God for the message of today. And the Lord, the Lord actually dropped it in my heart already about two weeks ago and has been percolating in my heart and and uh, had to really quiet myself for this morning because I've been through a very hectic week with my chairman visiting and uh, getting uh, key things in place. And now I've got the opportunity to, to share with you what I feel God is leading us to. So the, the, the topic of the sermon today is how to harness a purposeful life. Now, uh, I, when I, when I first started working, started working straight out of military service, uh, started with a service, uh, financial services company in, uh, in Johannesburg and, and worked there for 18 years or so before the next chapter into Burundi where we were missionaries and stayed there for five years and then came to Stellenbosch continuing basically what we did in, in Burundi. And then in 2018, like I said, we moved to Rwanda. But during the time with, in Johannesburg, um, about 10 years of the 18 years I spent as an unbeliever. I didn't know the Lord or didn't have a relationship with God. And it was only at the age of about 28 when I really made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And before then, life didn't really have much of a purpose for me. Uh, it was more like just enjoy life and get, the, get out of life as much as you can and and uh, where work and career was like the the main driving force, the main priority, family came second. And of course, God didn't really feature in that. Um, but God really interjected into my life over a two-week holiday, and it was incidentally over Easter, and, and really arrested my heart. And uh, I made a commitment to, to Christ over that time. And and God really changed me so dramatically um, and radically. Stopped drinking at that time, stopped smoking at that time. God just changed me completely. And 
going back after holiday to the corporate environment was, was a bit of a challenge for me because I, I didn't really understood what exactly happened to me. I didn't really understand what was the next step. What, what, what is God doing me? All I knew is I was blind and now I can see. And so when people were asking me what happened back at the office, because they could see I'm no longer in the pub, I was no longer smoking with the guys. And uh, I, I found it very difficult to articulate to, to them exactly what God did. Um, but however, the one night working late, um, I really felt impressed in my heart. I need to go and speak to my MD and share with him what, what happened uh, with me and coming to Christ. And, uh, and lo and behold, he was there. So I was up for the challenge, shared with him. And after sharing with him what happened, he kind of looked at me and said, mm, Anton, I'm, I'm very glad for you, you know, uh, and that's great. You know? So so I realized at that point, okay, he is not a believer. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I couldn't quite understand why am I sharing my, my experience with him. So a few years went past, I mean, about 18, about 18 years has passed. I'm in Stellenbosch uh, and traveling quite a bit. And one day going through our tambo, who do I bump into? Lo and behold, it's my old MD. And immediately we, we recognize each other and we swap numbers and we make plans to catch up. And I'm interested to see what God's been doing in his life. So on another trip, I do connect with him. I go see him in Santon, sit down in his beautiful, massive office, which is more like an apartment. And <laughs> anyway, so, um, so we start catching up and, and he was really interested in what was happening with me and, and the, the, the journey into Burundi and just understanding that. And, and having visited with him for some time, the conversation came to a point where I asked him, so, so, um, you know, have you come to a place of faith? And he said to me, you know, Anton, to be honest with you, I'm actually still seeking, but what I'm really, really looking for is purpose. I've got everything I want. I've got houses. I've got, I've got holiday homes. I'm busy building different ones, but and I've got family. But but nothing really fills my passion. And I look at you, and I see you've got it. You've got the passion I'm looking for. You know, folk, this is this is the main core purpose of life: is to find your purpose. And so this morning, I want to I want to switch to the to the Bible, and I want to I want to really let us explore a little bit how how Paul, which was a, a, an, an apostle, as we call him, he planted many churches, um, how he was actually helping to disciple one of his key uh, helpers called Timothy. So I want us to switch to a passage, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. I read for us. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, 
No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in the gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Amen. Well, needless to say, it's quite obvious that Paul uh, was in prison at this time. He was in his own lockdown, like we have been for, for a while. Uh, just the different circumstances, but his freedom was taken from him. But it didn't stop him from communicating with Timothy. And Timothy was a young pastor, and he, he needed encouragement, development, maturing in the faith. And so this 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 part of this letter to Timothy is is actually very key, even for us today, to be able to to put some handles on how to harness a purposeful life. So I've basically got three points. The first one is living for Jesus. In verse 1, uh, Paul says, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean to be strengthened or to grow in the grace of Jesus Christ? Well, you have to give priority and authority to the relationship with God. Uh, Jesus suffered for us so that we do not need to suffer this eternal ultimate death that we, we, we know is coming. You see, we're all going to live, we're all going to die, but there is a life after this, which will even, depending on your relationship with Jesus, will depend on whether you will live with God or not. So a purposeful life is really a discovery, you know. And this verse really links well with verse 8 in 2 Timothy chapter 2, where, where uh, Paul says, um, Remember Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. You know, here Paul makes reference to both the divinity and the humanity of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was, when he was on earth, he was 100% human, but also 100% God. And he came to do a specific work for God the Father. And we see that Jesus was completely sinless. There was no sin that he committed. And he was perfect. Therefore, he was a perfect sacrifice to die in the place of our sin for all humankind. In Romans chapter 6 verse 10 it says, The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So the key is here, 
The Old Testament sacrifices, the sacrifices had to be redone all the time because the sacrifices of the Old Testament never really took away sin. It covered the sin of people. But the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is so powerful that he only had to die once for everybody. So that we as humans can seek forgiveness of sin so that we may be reconciled to God. This, my friend, is the good news. We can now all freely come to God, you know. He really loves us so unconditionally that He would not stop at anything for us to have a relationship with Him. So here's the deal. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then God promises that He will also raise us up from the dead just like He did Jesus Christ. Exactly the same way. This is the hope and assurance we live with, that one day you and I, who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, will live and be with God face to face. Oh, is that not awesome? That's awesome. You know, when I made my commitment to Jesus Christ now 22 years ago, I had no idea how to serve Him, like I said, but I knew he will help me. And He has. In Romans 10, Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Yes, it is that simple. You confess with your mouth what Jesus has done for you, and you confess with your mouth and asking forgiveness of sin. Living for Jesus is our first step to discovering our life purpose, you know. Other than that, you, you will not. You will not link in 100% with your life purpose. And chapter two, chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, in verse 12, we are reminded, where Paul says, if we deny Him, in other words, we deny Christ, he will also deny us. Friend, that's the reality. But he goes on to say, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. You know, God is gentle, you know. He doesn't force us in a relationship with him. He's ready, he's waiting for us. And here's the thing, you don't have to you don't have to make a commitment if you still have questions. You, you, we're not asking for blind faith here. I, I want to encourage you to, to look for the evidence, you know. Look for the evidence of Jesus Christ. Look for the, uh, and, and analyze that evidence. But at some point you're going to come to a place where you're going to need to make a decision. And it's at that point that Jesus is still opening his hand and still ready to receive you. So I encourage you to do that. Our next point is living for others. When we come to Christ, we the the natural the natural tendency is now, what about others? You're coming to Christ, but what about others? Because here Paul is saying to, to Timothy in chapter two, verse two, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Also, 
this is a special, a very special passage for me. Um, personally, this is the passage that God has called us to Burundi initially, to train others and, and be witnesses to them. And then Romans 10 supports that same idea. Uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Of course, you can replace the word preaching with witnessing. With uh, It's not to say you can only preach to people. It's sharing your life. It is, uh, it's, made, it's being intentional, right? So this is such a special verse to me personally, like I said, because during the, my, my mission trip in 2006, two, a short-term trip, the Lord really challenged us to go to Burundi on this, on this verse. And as our relationship grew with the Lord, it's only natural to continue to learn, to lean into God, to discover your, your deeper calling, you know. So we need to be mindful of the fact that there will be different chapters in our lives where God will use us and call, call you possibly in different roles and places. So be open to that. Staying in one place, I don't say there's an issue with that, but be open and be ready for God to interrupt your life into something He wants to do. Be careful to stay stagnant because, you know, you can say, I, oh, I knew the Lord for 50 years, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer for 50 years. But my challenge to you is, is it, is it, is it the same experience you've had for 50 years? In other words, is it one year multiplied over 50 or has, has it been a growing, a growing experience with God? Growing deeper in His Word, growing deeper in discipleship. So leaders, you, you have a job to do. You have to create room and disciple others, you know. Those who are around you, disciple them. Think about your succession planning. And yeah, I'm not just talking about pastors and, and leaders in the church. I'm talking in every facet of life. Uh, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a, a lawyer, whether you're an accountant or you have your own business. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are, look for discipleship moments. Look for, look for those that you're going to disciple in the long term. Because here's the thing, you need to replace yourself. You have to think of, of uh, people taking over from you. Succession planning, we have to rethink that all the time. No one of us knows the amount of time we have to, on this earth. So let's use it. Use it properly. You know, there's a little illustration of elastic band. Um, you know, elastic band not being used in the drawer, it's got no real purpose, right? The real purpose of that elastic band is when it's stretched. Then it becomes in its own. Then it becomes useful. Uh, and we have to continuously place ourselves in, in situations, in jobs, in, 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 in challenges, where we feel we are stretched, a little stretched, so we can grow. That's the main purpose. In, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, it says, The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. This is the joy, my friend. The joy we have is, is doing life with Jesus. Uh, Jesus is not worried about your performance, you know. Uh, he wants to have 
doing life with you with, through relationship. That is the key. And that brings us to our next point, living for our eternal purpose. And here we can pick it up in 2 Timothy 2 verse 3. Where it's, just, it's the third major thing that Paul is telling Timothy. He says, come and share in my suffering, endure. Why would anyone volunteer to suffer? I don't think anyone would. Um, Timothy too, he, he was warned that, you know, the suffering is going to come over his, over his life. And he's going to need to endure hardships uh, for the sake of the kingdom of God. You know, Paul explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you can read that on your own time, but he had a very difficult life following Christ, you know. He was beaten so many times, left for dead, shipwrecked, hungry, without clothes. You name it, it happened to him. Uh, and who was Timothy that he should be exempted uh, from, from that suffering? Even our Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, he was subjected to death, you know. So 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversity, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Believers, we have an enemy. His name is Satan. So, he does not like you to follow Jesus. This, this is the problem. And he will do anything in his power to distract you, to, to, to bring suffering on you, bring persecution on you. But here's the thing. In verse 9 it says, But God's word is not chained. God is not limited by Satan. Jesus is not limited by Satan. The Holy Spirit is not limited by Satan. God's word is not limited by Satan. This is the bottom line, friends. The, the, the enemy is defeated. What he's just trying to do now is he's, he's trying to use suffering and, and going through hard times as a distraction for you and me to put our, put our focus and our 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 commission into the life of Jesus Christ, he wants to distract that. He wants to separate us. That is his main focus. How to, do, how to combat this? Now, Paul actually gives three illustrations um, and attitudes we can adopt, which he's explaining to Timothy. And let's, let's quickly explore that. Uh, the first one is a soldier. He says, the soldier serves and focuses on his commander's orders. He's not focused on these circumstances. You know, I was also in the military. I was one of those um, fortunate ones that had to do my national service of two years. And everybody who's been in the national service would tell you that it was the best time of their life, which they never, ever want again. <laughs> Why is that? Well, being there wasn't great, right? But the friends you do, the friendships you develop, the the camaraderie that existed between everybody, the, the unity, the working together, I tell you, that made it all the worthwhile. Uh, you don't know how can people work together and how they can stick together and how they can encourage one another when they are going through hardships together. In the same way, believers should develop, you know, we should develop a wholehearted devotion to the given task in the effort to please God and serve God. But also, don't forget, we have a body of believers who is around us. We have a church, you know, 
and it's in this day and age, especially during the lockdown period, it's so easy to isolate yourself because that's what you're asked to do. But you, we, we, we have opportunities to reach out. So don't allow yourself to be alone, but continue to be connected into the body of Christ in relationship. So this will help others to, to encourage you. Uh, and you can encourage others, you know. And this camaraderie, this, this friendship, this unity through the Holy Spirit uh, actually brings us closer to, to Jesus Christ himself. The second illustration Paul uses is the athlete. Uh, the athlete has to develop discipline, he says. And he has to practice and he has to improve his skills and, and abilities, you know. You can ask any athlete, they don't just uh, get onto the track or get into the sport ring uh, without, without doing anything. Yeah, the, for most, there's a, there's a God-given skill and ability which they, they can use, but it has to be refined. And, and that refining process takes discipline from a person. So everyone receives the skills and talents from God, but we need to learn to develop them through discipline and practice. Uh, and that goes for anything we are doing, right? I mean, if you are in the business, you, you should sharpen the skills that you need for marketing or anything that, that you need to actually fulfill that what God's called you to do. If you're an accountant, although you've done the studies, you will be disciplined to continue to, to stay up to date with all the latest updates and law changes, etc. So, so it is not, it's not a new thing. However, when it comes to the life and the body of the church, sometimes we, we lack discipline, right? We, you know, especially uh, you know, if you're going to preach or if you're going to lead a, a team or if you're going to lead a small group, make the effort, you know, be disciplined to prepare. Um, don't just rock up and think, okay, the Holy Spirit's going to do everything. We, we, need to, we need to take responsibility for that which God has called us to do. And uh, I want to encourage you, as you do that, Jesus will help you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Yes, He will give you the words to speak, but give Him the time. Right? The third thing is the farmer. The farmer is hardworking, and he also shares in the harvest. You know, the same way with believers, we need to work hard. It, it joins with the previous point in, in, in certain ways, but we need to really work hard. If you're in a workplace, you know, you are surrounded by, by unbelievers. And you know, they, they, there's that saying that says, um, many people will not read the Bible, but they read you. So, so we need to be authentic. You know, if we say we, we are a believer of Christ and we are a follower of Christ, then we need to raise the bar of excellence in everything we are doing, everything. We cannot, we cannot be mediocre or just accept what everybody else is doing. We need, to, we need to shine for Jesus. And He will help you to do that. So if you're an accountant, be the best accountant. If, you, if you're a teacher, be the best teacher you can be. And, and so that comes with hard work. But here's the incentive. You know, a farmer plants the seed. Possibly even waters it, works the ground. But who gives the increase? Who multiplies it? God does it. Himself. And in the same way, when we bring this aspect of hard work into our life, 
I tell you, God will multiply the rewards for you. You will see. He's the one that will multiply it. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, Paul says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. I'm content with weakness. I'm content in insults. I'm content in hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. You see, the life with Jesus Christ is not without suffering, friend. But it is an amazing journey. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. And so here we've got three aspects that we can actually implement in our lives. As a soldier, serving God wholeheartedly. The athlete, being disciplined, practicing, developing his skills or her skills. The farmer, working hard. These are three very key elements to to, to harnessing that, that uh, purposeful life that we are talking about this morning. I am reminded of this movie <laughs> a while ago. And I watched it a few times. I find it quite, uh, uh, quite a nice movie. But anyway, it was called Night and Day. And, uh, and there was these two characters in there. And, and at one point, Tom Cruise uh, was protecting this girl. And uh, she did, wasn't sure about Tom, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, because they, she kept being shot at and so forth. And, it's, and she kept trying to run away. And then Tom took her one side during her uh, action time, when bullets were flying, etc. And he said to her, you know, um, if, uh, trying to explain to her that if, if she leaves, she's going to die. So he says, with me, your life expectancy, without me, your life expectancy. Your life expectancy is like here. With me, it's here. Without me, here. With me, without me. With me, without me. If we endure, Jesus says we will also, we will also reign with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. So with Jesus, without Jesus. So in verse 10, Paul makes, makes this statement that, that he endures suffering for the sake of the elect. You know, Jesus is for everybody. He came to die for everybody. He wants a relationship with everyone. And here Paul is encouraging Timothy and, and through this writing even us today that we should live with eternal purposes uh, in mind, living also for others to come to Christ. So this morning, as I conclude and I mentioned that the life with Jesus is not without suffering, but it is an amazing journey. We keep living for Jesus. We keep living so that others may find this incredible gift of a relationship with God. You know, We keep living for the eternal purposes of God because you have an inheritance which will really last forever. No one's going to take it away. You, know? you can have all the riches on this earth. And when you leave, that stays behind, you know. Uh, and so this morning, I have two challenges. The first one is for those who have not yet committed your life to Jesus Christ. You know, I spoke about my old MD previously. And although he didn't make a finite decision after our visit, I did challenge him to continue to examine the evidence of the claims of Jesus Christ. 
I encourage them to continue asking questions and test the answers. And I want to encourage you with the same this morning. Do that. Reach out, you know, uh, on the website of One Hope, you, you'll find some contact information. Reach out to ask questions, you know. There's nothing wrong with asking. Uh, try not, not to delay. That's my only invitation to you this morning. And for those who are living with Jesus Christ, brother and sister, continue to live for others. Please, your life your life's purpose will flow from your relationship with Jesus and helping, discipling others and maturing the faith of others. So when hardships, hardships come around, don't be surprised, but implement what we spoke about this morning. Implement those, those aspects of hard working, discipline and serving God wholeheartedly. When you do that, and you're in a community of believers, you will, you will not want to do life any other way. So let me pray for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in this morning. God bless you. Father, we, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that even today you don't stop to speak to us, Lord. You continue to speak to us through your word. You continue to speak to us through your Holy Spirit in our hearts. And you continue to help us to discover even deeper articles within you, Father. Help us never to come to a place where, Father, we, we, we feel complacent about our relationship with you. But help, help us to dig deeper. Help us to, to grow more and more and more in your love and understanding who you are, Father. Uh, and this morning I especially want to pray for, for people who, who has not yet made a full commitment to you, Father. Thank you that, that you are faithful, even though we are not yet ready. Thank you, Lord, that you never, you never give up on us. But you are like the ocean and the waves just come in and in and in. It never, never stops. And that is your love. It never, never, never stops, Lord. And I pray, Father, as people are listening this morning, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be imparted and, and it will touch hearts. And I pray that for those who make a commitment, Lord, that I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they will find someone, that you will bring someone along their path, that they will be able to know you more and know you deeper. We pray, Father, that your face will continue to shine upon us, that you continue to walk with us, and that you will bless us during this next week, Father, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.